Warning. The Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings, artists and art lovers. This is Not Real Art, the podcast that celebrates creative culture. You got your boy, Man One, in the house. And Sourdough kicking it live. What up, Man One? What's up? How are you? Good to see you, brother. Yeah, man. It's always good. It's always fun when we're in the... Have you missed me? It's been a minute. Yeah. Of course, I said that last time, but... (laughs) Yeah. As my wife calls you my girlfriend is that your girlfriend on the phone (laughs) no he's my bitch (laughs) uh so you know yeah because you want to hang out with your girlfriend who wants to hang out with her wife (laughs) 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 love you laura yeah (laughs) i didn't say that by the way that was sourdough (laughs) just for the record i love laura are you kidding me (laughs) laura's a what they call a straight shooter (laughs) she does not suffer fools and she fucking tells you how it is for almost 25 years now as a matter of fact that's right you have an anniversary coming i got the invite uh in the mail man that's exciting 25 fucking years dude how'd she put up with you I don't know. I don't know. But last year she goes, you know, next year's our 25th year anniversary. I'm like, okay, cool. She's like, I want a party. <laughs> <laughs> so that maybe yeah. that answers a lot. Yeah. Well, look, you know, uh, God bless her because, you know, a lot of uh, partners might have uh, expected you to read their minds. Oh, yeah. I think after 24 years, she's like, no. <laughs> he can't read my he mind. mind. I got, he's fucked up too yeah. much. <laughs> no, I cannot read minds. She can read my mind, mm. and it's a uh, scary. Mm. This, this just happened. Okay, so I'm doing a a, a portrait for a, a couple. Speaking right? of portraits, where's my portrait? You owe me a portrait. Well, actually, I do owe you a portrait, <laughs> but your wife yes. is going to give me the photo of your portrait. No, no, not the portrait of me, of Alice. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, that one's that's yeah, still yeah. in the works. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just busting your balls. I'm still. Okay, I, I don't talk about your, okay. Well, your portrait. Okay. Yeah, but well, fuck me. Yeah, right. You right. know, well, that, that's that's down the road. Anyways, I don't so, trust you. So what? what <laughs> it, it it'll 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 show up. Okay. When so, least, so when you least expect it. It'll yeah, show up. yeah, no, no. I I know how some of your clients have waited months and years for some of this shit. So I had it's to like say. wine. That's right. Well, by the way, I mean your the portrait you did of Channing and of Eden were so dynamic and beautiful. Right. I'll post the images actually on the website so people know yeah. what the fuck we're talking about. And by the way, portraitsbyman1.com. It's up up and live. Up and live. People should go and check it out because you are sought after for your portraiture work. Am I saying that right? Portraiture? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And you killed it. Speaking of uh, anniversaries for my wife on our anniversary. And then you did my daughter and... While Channing's portrait is fucking amazing, you totally elevated, leveled <laughs> up, as as the song goes, on Eden's. Yeah. Really yeah. nailed that one. Yeah, that one. So now the pressure's on. I guess yeah. it keep keep leveling up. Keep, keep but, going up. Yeah. But so anyway, <laughs> guys, viewers, fans, check it out. Portraitsbyman1.com. So anyway, I digress. You said something just happened with Laura. Oh, so the point was that I'm doing a portrait for this new client. It's a couple, and um, they wanted their portrait together on one canvas. I initially suggested we do one of her, one of him, and we hang out on the wall next Dip to each tick. other. Yep. They were like, no, 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 we want it together. I'm like, fine, no problem. So I went to their house, you know, very lovely couple. Took some pictures of them. We finally decided on the right photo, blah, blah, blah. That night, I get home. My wife's in bed. You know, Laura's in bed. She's already, it's already like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, whatever. And I hadn't seen her all day, right? So I go in the bedroom, like, hey, what's up? Whatever, lay down, you know? And I'm, she's kind of half falling asleep and trying to listen to me. And so I'm like, yeah, so here's my here's a picture of my new client, you know, like, whatever. She's like, yeah, I already saw it. And I'm like, no, you haven't seen it. She goes, you already showed it to me. And I said, no, I haven't shown it to you. I just took the photo today. She goes, yeah, I know, you sent it to me. I go, I did not send it to you. 
right? And I haven't even shown her the photo yet. Yeah. And she described it to me, right? She goes, it's getting spooky. She goes, yeah, it's the older Asian couple that you're doing, and you know, and I'm like, yeah, it is, but I haven't shown it to you. She goes, yeah, I, I, I've seen it already. And then I showed it to her, and she's like, yeah, I saw that picture already. Oh my God, this is spooky. And I'm like, oh man, I'm screwed, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, so then she kind of like started waking up, you know, because she was like half asleep, whatever. And I go, yeah, okay. And then she goes, she starts like waking up. And going like, wait, I already saw that. I go, I know. She goes, no, no, no. I already saw that picture you just showed me. I literally have already seen it. And then she starts freaking out. And I go, I don't get freaked out anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I already know you're a witch. I already know you know, you know how to figure this all out. You know, <laughs> yeah, witch. You know, it's like you read my mind all the time. Yeah, you, you know yeah. what I'm gonna do before I do it. Uh, you finish my sentences. You obviously you now you now you're right. take it to the next level where you're seeing the photographs before I take them. <laughs> so I wanna I have to ask this question because I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this. And forgive me if we have because clearly I don't remember. But you and Laura, 25 years of marriage, right? But yet you were together how many years before you got? Oh, that's I don't know. I think it's like. Five years. So you're, you're. I mean, am I something. wrong about this? But are, are, weren't you high school? Yeah, we were high school sweethearts. Sweethearts. Yeah. And then you had a bit of a respite for a while, and then kind of in college got back together. So we met when she was a senior in high school. Okay. And I was a junior. Okay. Ooh, older and, woman. Yeah. That's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know we were seeing each other, or whatever. And then I, when I got to college we were still dating and dating more seriously, you know? And so we dated, so pretty much, yeah, so pretty much since since I was a junior, end of my junior year, and then throughout college, so yeah, four or five, like almost six years we dated. And then when I got out of college, we got married a year later. So. So, okay, <laughs> you know, what do you think appealed to her most, your athleticism or your artistry? Ooh, that's a good question. I never thought of that. I think because in high school, yeah, you were probably a little more of an athlete than an artist at that time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you were yeah, an artist. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I was, I was just a graffiti artist at the time. I wasn't. I don't know. I think in terms of time allotment, you were yeah, probably. I was doing a lot an more sports. I would definitely consider myself an athlete art. at that time, right? And you know, most of my time I spent, you know, doing soccer, playing soccer, and you know, being a graffiti artist at the time, I didn't do that. In public or with the girlfriend or what, you know, that's something I went to go do. Yeah. I went to homies. We went to go bombing or painting or or whatever we were doing, but it was something, the graffiti part was something I did with my friends. Right. That's not something I did with my girlfriend. That was a guy, that was a guy's thing. Yeah. But I remember one time early on, actually, I went up on this hill kind of near where I used to live and there was like a, just this odd wall that was just on top of this hill like a retaining wall maybe, but it was, you know, like 200 feet above the street. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went up there one time and I, I did her name in like gold and red. <laughs> right. Wow. And, and w- drove by with her in the car one day and she was like, and I said, look, and she, she didn't know what the hell it was. And then after she realized like it was her name and then she was like, oh, wow. You know, so it was like, you know, trying <laughs> like to I my... could have been arrested for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I almost got arrested yeah. for you. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I don't try to figure out what the hell she, what the hell, what appealed to her about me. I don't, I have no idea. I still don't know to this day. <laughs> but you know, but here's the thing, right? Because, you know, we love to tease our ladies, right? On the podcast here. One of these days we'll have them on, but clearly we love our ladies. They make us better men. They love us in spite of ourselves. They love us, I think, for our faults as well as our uh, gifts. But at that time, right, like thinking about you guys meeting, I mean, you know, 25 years on, I mean, I've known you 15 years or something. I've always known Laura to be incredibly supportive of your work, of your art. I think you even... If if I remember right, there's a story about her dad asking you something about getting, you're going to have to get a real job. And you said, no, 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 I'm going to be a full-time artist. I'm going to support my family with my art, which you have done. Yeah. Well, you know, actually when we first got married, that was the first thing I told her. I said, I said, I don't want to hear from your parents. I don't want to hear about when is he going to get a real job or why doesn't he get a real job? You know, and, and, you know, they've never told me that. I'm sure they probably, they probably thought about it a lot. Yeah. Or they may have told Laura, but it never got to me. 
you know, I right from the get go, I I was very clear about that. I'm like, I'm an artist. This is what I do for a living. And yeah, I I told her one time, one day I'm gonna support you and our family just with my art. Obviously, when I first started in '94, we got married. I was making very little money, if any, doing art. But I treated it as a full time job. If I didn't have a client, I was painting. And if I wasn't painting on the street, I was painting in the studio. And I've always treated it like a full-time job, whether money was coming in or not. And years later, when I opened up the gallery, Crew West Gallery, and I was doing stuff, my wife finally left her job and was became a full-time mom. And we were able to afford the fact that, that she could just stay home. And, and you were one-income family at that point. It was your income. Yeah, we were one-income Two jobs, one income. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I was running two well, jobs. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, being a full-time mom is way harder than uh, well, being that, an artist. Well, what I meant was I was doing Crew West and Man One Art. Oh, right. So sure. I was doing two jobs and one income. Yeah. And she was doing the harder part, yeah, which right. was just being a full-time mom. Sure. Yeah, you, yeah. You know? So I remember telling her, like, remember I told you a long time ago that one day I would be able to support us with just my art or whatever, you know, and you didn't believe me and blah, 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 right? Whatever. And it was funny because she looked at me and she goes... Well, why do you think I never left you? <laughs> you know, and she goes, I, she goes. Of course, I knew that was going to happen. That's why. That's why I stuck around. You know, I believed in you. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a dumb fuck. <laughs> what do you What do you think she loves most about your art? Because it'd be one thing, right? Well, answer that question first, and I have another question. I think she likes that I'm creative. She likes when I'm being creative. I think not necessarily what I'm painting or what it is that I'm specifically working on, but I think it's that. I'm being creative and I'm doing something that a lot of people can't do or or don't understand. You know, she loves art just in general. And she likes the fact that she's married to someone who can create it all the time. And so she definitely loves my portraits, right? That's like kind of like, of course, she likes when I do that kind of stuff. But even when I do my personal work and maybe it's a little bit more twisted or whatever, she may not like the piece that I'm creating. She may not want it to hang in the house, <laughs> but you've got some dark shit. Yeah, but she's very supportive of it, right. and she enjoys watching me create the work. You know, so I don't know. That'd be a good question to ask her. I, I, you know, I wonder what the what, what the real answer would be. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's fascinating because, and then also, like the other question was going to be like, what if she didn't like your art? You know what I mean? Or if she didn't like art. You know, she respected you being an artist and she was tolerant of it or whatever. Yeah. Could you be married to her? No, no right. I couldn't. That's right. That, Even if she respected you being an artist and was tolerant of your of your profession, but didn't like art and didn't like your art, you couldn't well hang. I think the word the the word specifically that is using the word tolerant. So supportive and tolerant are two completely different things. And so whether my wife loves my art or doesn't love my art is not as important as support. So as long as my wife supports what I do, I don't care if she lo loves it or doesn't. You know, because I do have friends whose wives are not supportive, you know? Yeah. And it's a hard industry, whether you're a musician, yeah. whether you're a, a, an artist. So it's hard enough to try to make it in that world mm -hmm. and then to come home and argue about it. Yeah. and try to convince your partner that this is the right thing. Right. There's no way. I couldn't do that. Could you be married to... No, sorry, Laura. No offense on this next question, but <laughs> could you be married to another artist? No. That's another thing. I, I probably could not. And it's funny because every time I... It happens a lot. I'll meet someone and they'll say, oh, are you married? I say, yeah. And then the first thing they say is, oh, is she an artist? Interesting. <laughs> and it's weird because when I meet a doctor, I don't say, oh, is your wife a doctor? You know, it's like, but why when I'm an artist, it's, it's almost like, oh, you're one of those guys. So you must be married to some, to one of those people too. Cause you know, or something. And it's just weird. It's a weird thing when people say that to me, cause it happens all the time. Well, and I also bring it up in part because, you know, we live in the media capital of the world, entertainment capital of the world, Los Angeles. And so you're, you know, you often run into actors and I've heard actors talk about how they can't be married to another actor or they were married to an actor and they ended in right. divorce or what right. have you. And well, I know there are exceptions to the rule, of course, but. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't want to come home and compete. Right. Or have to justify. Yeah. You know, or, or even get critiqued. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now let us critique. Yeah, yeah. Your oh, day. By, by the way, you know that piece you did was not that great, and blah blah. But I always think that you know we need to complement each other as a couple. Right. 
And I think we do that very well, emotionally, spiritually. You know, my wife's an accountant, so she's into the numbers. She's she's very structured, very matter of fact, and that works well when I don't know shit. Compared to you, (laughs) when I don't know shit about (laughs) anything. So see, it compliments. Yeah. I don't know shit, yeah. and she knows everything. Perfect. No, but it's just like, yeah, I think it works better that way. You know, if if we were both doing the same thing, it just, I think it would drive me nuts. And I always had this vision that we would work together in our own capacities. Mm-hmm. And, which you have done. Which we have done. When I had the gallery, she was my bookkeeper and maintained the books and helped me with a lot of the business or whatever. And then the day that I closed the gallery... She said, thank you. I'm going back to work. <laughs> I can't wait to go back to work. <laughs> and she told me, which I'll never forget, and she reminds me all the time, she says, you were the worst boss I ever had <laughs> in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you really feel? Yeah. And so every time, like just recently. Did you she, ask her why? Like, why were you the worst boss? Oh, she, people have asked her and she has, she has lists, exhaustive lists. Bullet point, talking points. Yeah. 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 It's everything. And it's so funny because recently, like she's having some problems at work mm-hmm. and she's talking about her boss and like he's an, he's an a-hole and he's this and he's doing this and blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff is going on. And I go, oh, so a- am I still the worst boss ever? <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, actually, you are. <laughs> You're actually worse still the worst. Kind of hey, it's good to be number one. <laughs> I'm like, good. As long as I don't lose that that ranking. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I understand why she didn't like working. It's hard working with family. Yeah, it's really hard. And, you know, she could, one of her biggest gripes, which I get, was like, she was always telling me like, you know, you're so nice to everybody at the gallery, right? Like your assistants will come and they'll fuck up, but you won't yell at them or you won't, like, you're so nice to them, you know? But then when it comes to me, like, you treat me like shit. And I'm like, well, I'm not treating you like shit. I'm just telling you the truth. Like if there's stuff wrong or stuff, we did stuff wrong, then I'm telling you the truth, you know? And she, I'm yeah, lying but, to my interns. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, look, if I tell them the truth, they're going to leave. <laughs> you know, I need my interns because, you know, if, if, if I yell at them, they're gone. And she would say like, oh, so, so it's okay that, you know, to treat me like shit and because I'm going to stay. And I'm like, I'm not treating you like shit. I'm, I felt like. You know, I could be honest with you and I could tell you like what's really going on, right. you know? And yeah, sometimes it was, I didn't say it in the best way, but at the end of the day, I knew we would. It reminds me of that joke of like that Freudian joke of kind of about Freudian slips. It's like, when I, or my girlfriend and I broke up. Why'd you break up? Well, we were having dinner and I meant to say, honey, would you please pass the salt? Instead, I said, you fucking bitch, you ruined my life. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway, so uh, it's been a journey. Yeah, it's a journey. It's a journey. And, you know, of course, there's ups and downs. And No, but you said something a minute ago. It was kind of interesting because you talked about being complimentary. I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, are on a mission to find somebody just like them. Uh, I don't know why you do that. And it's, it's, I think that's a fail. I think that's a loser. You know, I mean, maybe it works. I hope it does. I wouldn't wish anyone divorce. I'm just saying like, I know in my relationship, Absolutely. You know, we're very different and we complement each other. It's a one plus one equals three. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing, right? Right. In our situation, exactly, specifically, (laughs) it did equal three. (laughs) It actually did equal three. (laughs) So there you go. One plus one equals three. One plus one equals three. That's it. So so you're on your way. That's how it works. (laughs) You're on your way. You're almost there. Yeah. God, <laughs> you're, you're still at one plus one equals two. Yeah. You're almost yeah. at three. You know, I got very lucky. And the fact that I found, you know, the woman of my life so early and was and didn't lose her. And Were you looking? No. Right. No. <laughs> well, no, no, because I'm just, you know, it is very rare, right, yeah. for any 17-year-old or however old you were, you know, to have that much situational awareness, self-awareness, spiritual awareness, whatever, to recognize that that's my life partner at 17. I mean, I I, I don't know about you, but when I was 17, I didn't know shit. To be honest, like when we first started dating, I didn't know right off the bat, like, oh, this is it. You know, and I'm I'm not going to say that. But, you know, we got along, we started dating, everything was good. There was no problems. We had fun together. 
we had similar upbringings. Her family is uh, Mexican. My family Mexican. We both was that have- important for you to find a Latina? Yeah, I think it was. We had you know a lot of the same type of goals. You know, we both wanted to we both wanted to have kids at some point. We wanted to raise them a certain way culturally. Yeah, it was important. I don't know. I don't know. But, but I mean, if you had fallen in love with a, a white girl or a black girl or a, or a Japanese girl, would you have been inclined to marry them? Or were you sort of just culturally or, or personally, because of your culture, more attracted to Latino women? No, I think, I think like I said, it, I just was so lucky that everything lined up, yeah. right? Culturally, it, it worked, you know, her, the, the way she was and, and is, her, her personality, everything just lined up. Yeah. And by the time I got out of college, you know, I was very focused. Yeah. So I'm not going to say when I first met her when I was 17, I was already focused and I knew this was it. No. But dating her and going through college and all the growth that I did yeah. during college and then all the growth she did during that time, right. once I graduated, like I was super focused. I was like, like a year out, I was like, okay, I'm starting my business. I'm doing this. I'm going to be an artist full time. And it was kind of like, either you're with me or you're not. And I remember that's kind of how, how I brought it up to her. I was kind of like, look, I'm moving forward and I have this plan. Like, are you on for the ride or not? Because I think you're the right person, you know? And if you are, then let's get married. We've been we've been doing this so long already. We've been, you know, in my mind, we're like been dating over five years. Like it's kind of like shit or get off the pot. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, let's not waste time. Yeah, and I was like, you know, I'm focused. I know what I want to do. And if you don't want to do it, let's let me know now, because then I can keep doing what I need to do, and you can go do what you want to do. And she was like, No, absolutely, let's do this. Like I'm behind you. And so that was awesome. It was like it it, it was. Super simple, simple. We didn't stress about it, argue about it, think about it. It was just like the natural progression of our relationship. And like I said, this is like a one in a million story. Like that's the other thing I have to like always like tell myself and understand because I see my kids now and you know, the oldest ones are going to be 21. And if they told me right now that they had a girl, I'll be like, dude, no, (laughs) You're, you're too young. You don't know what the fuck you're doing, you know, whatever. But I look at myself and I was around their age and I already knew, you know, okay, this is what I want to do. I always have to look at it, look back at it and say like, okay, that was, there was a certain chemistry and for whatever reason, I knew what I wanted. For whatever reason, she knew what she wanted and we just happened to be on the same page and it's, it's been working out, you know? So I don't think it usually works that way, you know, but it did. And so I'm super, you know, happy about it, but and you know it's funny because my whole career and my whole life, I think, just in general, my whole life has always been like that, where it comes time for the next level, and it just shows up, and I just go down that path. I've never really had a situation where, like, oh, you know, let me go home and pray about it. Let me go home and think about it. Let me go home and talk to people about it. It's always like, no, yeah, this, oh, perfect. This is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Let me go do that. Right. And. Every, up to this point, every big decision, every life-changing decision, career move, what have you, has kind of been along that path, you know? And it's a little bit of just surrendering to life and to what's going on and a lot of trust. Again, and that also is unique, I think, or, you know, not many people think that way. And, And it's hard when I see it in my kids that they're not that way or that they're having struggles you know, with things like that, because then I'm like, dude, can't you see it? <laughs> like, I, I can see it. Just do this. But it's their life, yeah. you know? And I, I see a lot of people struggle with life in that way, you know, whatever. And, and do I look back and say, hey, I should have done this. I should have done that. Maybe. But I don't have regrets, you know? It's kind of like I had, you know, choice A or B, and I chose A or I chose B. So what? That's what I chose. Like, I'm not going to say like, oh, I should have done the other one you know i've never had those kind of regrets uh thank goodness but you know and again i think it's just something that i've been fortunate enough to to have clarity about yeah i mean i think that's the hallmark of of a healthy relationship and and finding the right partner you know this notion that your partner loves you for who you are and wants to support your dreams and your goals and doesn't try to change you 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's a cynical joke uh, I heard a long time ago that goes something like this. It's like a woman marries a man thinking that he'll change, but he stays the same. A man marries a woman thinking that she'll stay the same, but she changes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's true. Pretty cynical as well. But, you know, kernel of truth in that, I guess, a little bit. I think, you know, obviously everybody's on their own journey or whatever in terms of, you know, when you find the right person, you find the right person. You don't know if that's when you're 25 or 35 or whatever. But the right person tends to be, uh, at least in my assessment, the one that gives you the space to be who you are. Right. Totally. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that that I've always loved about Laura is that she has never tried to change me. She's never forced me to do things that I that I don't want to do. You know, like again, I have so many friends who are artists and I see how destructive it is when their partner doesn't support them or 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 you know, says, "Well, you know, that's that's good you're an artist, but why don't you get a full-time job and make some money or and my wife has always been supportive in whatever I do. And even if she knows I'm wrong, right. <laughs> even if she knows like it's going to be a disaster, right. she's like, well, if that's what you want to do, you know, just do it. You know, she'll always give me her opinion if I ask or, or tells me to think Sometimes about this. Sometimes when, when you don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in terms of being an artist, man, it's like, like, for example, a simple example. I'm at the studio whenever I want, how many hours I want, always. And it's always been that way. And I will get zero pushback from her. Now, she'll call in to see how I'm doing. She'll call in to ask, when are you coming home? But she's never said, you're there too long. You should, you should be home now. Why are you there? It's four in the morning. She just knows that, that what I'm doing is what I need to be doing. And that it's my creative space and that- It's your process. It's my, yeah, it's my process. And you know she may not like it, but she completely respects, you know, respects it. it. And just that alone is, is worth marrying her. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's so many people who like, you know, there's people I know who like are musicians and their wives are always like, why do you got to go hang out with them after the show? Why don't you just come straight home? And why are these girls looking at you on stage? Or, you know, and when you find someone who like really, really gets it, what you're doing, it's awesome. Because then, then you become more, more productive, more, there's a lot of stuff that I, that I've done that I kind of barriers that you break through as an artist to like, to open up to the next level or whatever that, that you, you can't get to unless you have the freedom to try it or the freedom to, or at the very least not have to come home and fight about it or, or justify it or whatever. And so that's the thing that for me, and I told her this, I said, like, you know, when we first got married, I said, you know, you're the one, like, I know it. Like we have the same values, we believe in the same things, we we support each other, you know, I know that we'll we'll have a, a good family and that's it. There's no, you know, like let's just let's just do this. And, you know, years later, like that's exactly what's happened. You know, we've we've totally grown together and in the same through thick and thin and all that, we've we've stayed together. But people also ask me, like, you know, like for example, like I always mess around with, with Laura, but like I tell her, like if I ever got divorced, like I would never get married again. Oh, I say that all the time. Oh, fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm not doing this shit again. Like I realize, I realize that this is a one in a million relationship I'm, I'm in with her right now. Like it's great, you know? Yes. You're not going to find that I'm again. I'm not going to find that again. There's no way I'm going to find that again. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to get divorced. But if I did, I would never get married again. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> you can find me at the strip club. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I mean, marriage is a super hard thing. It's it, super it, hard. It is. Well, it's it's super hard. In the best of circumstances, yeah. it's super hard. Exactly. And yeah, I've, I've said that. I'm like, you know what? If this doesn't work, I'm done. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I mean, I barely did it this time. Hey, you know what's funny? I see, I just this weekend, I ran into some family that I hadn't seen in a long time. And uh, this one guy in the family... He's been married several times, right? And now he's way older than me. Yeah. And he's introduced me to his girlfriend, nice. right? Yeah. And is she I, younger? Yeah, of course yeah, she yeah, is. Of, course, of yeah. course she's younger, right? And I know his other wives, right? Right. Like, and it's like she- Yeah, this, you're still friends with his exes. Yeah, but his girlfriend now yeah. is basically like version 
one right. of like her, of like his first wife. Oh, interesting. It's like it's always the same. Shades, ch- different shades oh, of the same dude, color. It's the same girl every time. Like he hasn't learned a lesson. Yeah. He, he's right. got, I don't know how many kids and divorces he's had. Yeah. But he doesn't learn his lessons. He's on the same kind, Isn't kind of Isn't that fascinating, chick. man? You know, and I just see her and I'm like, oh, I know you're his girlfriend. I just, yeah. I, the height, the, yeah, the, the packaging, the, the package, it's, <laughs> it's all the same, dude. Like, wow. Like, you know, if you're going to go and get different. Go different. Go different, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, go, yeah. get, go get someone that's taller. Yeah, go, get, yeah. go get another nationality. Yeah. Go, go get something else. Right, right. <laughs> Go gay. Go, do something. Go do something different. <laughs> you just keep doing the same thing and it's not working yeah. every time, you know? And it's well, uh yeah. yeah. You might want to look in the mirror, pal. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah, you're happy right now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see how long that lasts, you know? But it's funny how you can see it like in other people, but it's like you can't see it in yourself sometimes. It is so interesting. I mean, and you know, the things that make it work are oftentimes, you know, the things that are unexpected and or or people think it won't work for certain reasons, but then it does totally work. So for example, like, you know, my wife and I, when we met, I was living in Chicago and she was living in LA and I came back to Chicago. I was in LA on business and, uh, we had a mutual friend, we met up and I was like, like, wow. Okay. You know, white tiger. I might need to, uh, (laughs) I mean, I might need to uh, hunt some big game here. White tigers are pretty rare. I go back home. I'm telling my buddies like, oh my God, you know, I just met this, you know, amazing woman, whatever. And they're like, dude, fucking wake up. They're like, it's not never going to work. You know, she's in LA, you're in Chicago. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. And we dated long distance for two and a half years. We've been together. We've been married 15 years. We've been together 18 years, basically. It like, it worked because of the distance, because we were forced to talk on the phone. We were forced to communicate. We were forced to get to know each other, right? In a real fundamental way via phone conversations, email, what have you. And that laid a foundation, I think, that was meaningful and fundamental and essential to a lasting relationship. Because, I mean, if we were in the same town, I know what would have happened. It would have been hot and heavy for about eight weeks, maybe 10 I would have gotten bored or she would have gotten bored. Somebody would have gotten bored. I probably would have started feeling trapped. Oh, hold on. Which town are you talking about? If you would have been in the same town, which town are you talking about? Oh, well, I mean, you know, if, if yeah, any town. No. I guess I'm referring to where you grew up, right? Yeah. In well, Indiana. I, yeah. I was born in Gary, Indiana. I was raised in Portage, Indiana. I was living in Chicago. In, in Indiana where you lived. You said that that was also, it was very close to where the, the head of the KKK was or something like that. What was that story? Well, <laughs> that's, that's what to Jesus. We're taking it. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> no, well, 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 I see where you're going. Wait, okay. see where I'm going? Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm all going? Right. No, no. So, okay. So let's break that down for <laughs> yeah. a minute. I want to make sure that, you know, <laughs> our listeners are, are clear on, on what's up. So I was born in Gary, Indiana. I grew up in a town just east of there, about 15, 10 minutes, 15 minutes called Portage, Indiana, basically on the shore of Lake Michigan. Okay. Very segregated area. You know, the 20s, 30s, 40s, Gary was considered kind of little Chicago. There was a lot of white people that lived there, a lot of money that was there. And then as uh, blacks were moving to Chicago, moving to that area to look for jobs because the steel mills are all along that uh, lakeshore there, a lot of industry there. Uh, They came to look for jobs. And of course, you know, racist white people, white flight, uh, they took their uh, money and ran and settled in other areas, right? So, you know, when I grew up, blacks were in Gary, whites were in Portage. To my family's credit, we, you know, got to Chicago a lot, you know, mixed in, you know, got culture, traveled. So, For me, I always was curious and adventurous in terms of other cultures, other people, whatever. Like I loved, I just loved going to Chicago. I loved the 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 exotic nature of different peoples, different cultures, the whole thing. My parents, my mom's from Indianapolis, my dad's from the South. And when I started going to college, Indiana University. But I had been going to Chicago and I, I had met some musicians who were good friends of a friend of mine. And when they heard that I was from Portage yeah. or from Indiana, 
they told me something that I never knew my whole life. I didn't know that the headquarters of the KKK was in Rensselaer, Indiana. Now I'm very proud of that because I think that says a lot about my family versus other people. And I was like, I literally didn't believe it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? No, like the the headquarters of the KKK has got to be like in fucking Kentucky or something. You know what I mean? And they're like, no, dude, it's in Rensselaer, Indiana. Which is how far away from where you grew up? Uh, Hour and a half south, man, about something like that. And it blew me away. I was like, holy shit, you know? So anyway, so that's the, the, the story, right, about that. But in terms of Channing and I, like my dating sort of habits, uh, the way things had, had been working, I just noticed that typically, you know, I'd meet somebody, you know, we would date, it'd be hot and heavy, and then I'd get bored, you know, and I would move on. I wasn't looking for a marriage. I wasn't looking for, uh, you know, to settle down. I was having fun. And I think that I was so attracted to my wife, to my girlfriend at the time, that if she had lived in Chicago or if I had lived in LA, I think I would have just, you know, I would have, I would have burned hot <laughs> and I would have burned out and that would have been it. And so the distance for, for that two and a half years forced us to communicate and get to know each other, you know, and I think in a really important way. And it was a year and a half after dating that I decided to move to LA. And again, giving credit where credit's due, she didn't pressure me. She didn't even come up. I think we both were very aware of the fact that somebody was going to have to move somewhere, but they, we didn't talk about it. We, there was no pressure. You know, it's funny you you mentioned something about you and Laura talking about you sort of being very clear with her about, look, I'm focused. I'm moving on. I want you to come with me. If you don't want to come, that's cool. But this is what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, please, you know, come along. You know, there was a moment in my relationship with my wife where I knew because we had we had been dating pretty strong for well I guess we met in April of 99 so this had to be Christmas of 99 right so it'd been like 8 months or something and I knew I was falling in love and basically uh, we had gone to dinner she'd come to Chicago and uh, we were celebrating Christmas whatever took her to dinner and I said to her I said look I said we got to talk because I respect you too much I respect myself too much not to let you know that I'm falling in love with you. And, you know, if you don't feel similarly, totally cool, but I don't want to waste my time or your time and I don't want to get hurt. So if you're not feeling that way, that's cool. And you don't even have to answer now, but just, I'm letting you know where I'm at, because if we're not going to move forward together, then we just need to go our separate ways, you know? I guess 18 years later. <laughs> she still hasn't answered you, but she just. Yeah, sure. That's right. that's right. God damn it. You're right. She never told me. She never told you. <laughs> yeah, she's got it in her back pocket. Oh, shit. She's going to say one day. Card. Remember you asked me that one time? Yeah. I finally have an answer for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, the other thing, too, I think, is that, number one, you know, women are way smarter than men are. And then when it comes to relationships, obviously like tenfold you know so i think a lot of the times when we as men think we're doing something because we chose to go that route right you know, like we just don't realize yeah oh that we're that, pawns in their chess game man <laughs> that we just you know we're on the little boat and the current went that way and we're like wow we're we're just sailing and not realizing that they set up the current <laughs> They made it go that way. <laughs> and so, um, yes, yeah, so many times, like in, 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 you know, our 25 years now, of I can just look back at so many times where, you know, I think like, oh, that's pretty cool. Look what I did. Well, listen, I mean, you're 100% <laughs> right. I mean, the truth of the matter is like Channing did a similar thing with me on the family front, right? So I had moved to LA. I knew that because we've been together two and a half years but we had never lived together in the same town. And so we were, I was moving to LA. We were going to move in together. And I just knew that if we survived the first month, you know, I probably was going to marry her or propose because if you can live together, you're good. And so eventually, of course, we got married, the whole thing. But I was still very 
uncertain about being a dad, very uncertain. And so there was a point where she said to me, look, you need to know that I want to be a mom. I want to be a parent. And it's been a lifelong dream of mine. I totally respect you if you don't want to, but I don't know that we have a future together if you don't want kids because I want kids and I'm going to, I'm going to be a mom. And she said, this is the, I'm not going to bring it up again. Just telling you how it is. You can take whatever time you need to like figure it out. And I love you regardless, but I don't think we have a relationship. We don't share the same values, share the same goals or whatever. And then she literally dropped it. Didn't bring it up again really for months. And it was, she threw the gauntlet down. I mean, basically it wasn't, I mean, it it was an ultimatum, but it wasn't an ultimate, you know what I mean? It was done in a very emotionally intelligent, mature way. And for me, I just sort of looked at it like a personal challenge. Like what was stopping me? What was blocking me? What was getting in my way that had, that was an existential threat to the relationship that I loved and the woman I loved, right? And so, quite frankly, you know, one of the personal accomplishments of my life that I take the most pride in was figuring that out for myself and getting to a place where I feel comfortable being a dad on my terms, not her terms, not because of, you know, but to her credit, because women are so so much smarter and because they're so much more strategic, she knew she had to give me my space. Right, exactly. They, they control it all. They know, they, they know what they're doing. <laughs> so I have a great story. So um, <laughs> being talking about being a parent. So one of the things that my wife and I have very different uh, backgrounds in is around religion. I come from a pretty devout, you know, Christian family. And Channing comes from, you know, called an observant Christian family, but, you know, they were not as practicing, devout, extreme, you know, fundamentalist, whatever. Like they, and so I got, I've got issues around religion. She doesn't have those issues. And when we didn't have kids, it didn't matter. Yeah. Because we both were happy to sleep in on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Or whatever. Right. But when we have kids, then it kind of becomes a thing. Right. So, you know, we're sorting it out. Everything's fine, whatever. We're converting to Mormonism. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Perfect. Jehovah's Witness, really. Yeah. No. Scientology, of course. Yeah. Here in oh, LA. Yeah. yeah. But of course, religion's all around us. Right? I mean, yeah. my daughter uh, goes to school with Christians, with Muslims, with Jews, with, you know, God knows what. And probably Scientologists. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? And so, inevitably, these qu- questions are going to come up. So, my daughter, the other day, we were driving. And sadly, we've had a couple of uh, deaths in our uh, circle of friends. You know, two moms died, actually. A mom at her school and a mom, a dear friend of ours. Anyway, so, she, we're driving. You know, and in, in, in my daughter says, Dada, what happens after you die? And uh, I said, well, honey, I said, I, I don't know. I said, I've never died. I don't know. And she's like, well, is there a heaven? I said, well, some people believe there is. And she said, well, what do you believe? I said, well, I don't know. And she says, well, is there a God? And I said, some people believe there is. And she said, what do you think? I said, I don't know. I said, but you want to hear something really cool? And she goes, what's that? I said, some people believe that God is a woman. Dude, the look on her face was like one of the greatest gifts as a dad, as a parent, (laughs) because that look of pride and possibility and excitement that the most powerful, all-knowing, supreme being of life in the universe was female. (laughs) And um, it was, you know. One of my prouder moments being a yeah dad. No, well, you know, it's funny you bring up religion because, you know, one of the things that made it easy for us to get married was that we both had the same religious backgrounds, right? We yeah. we both grew up in um, very Catholic environments. We both went to Catholic school from, well, I went from, from first grade until college. Yeah. I went to Catholic school. She went from elementary to high school. So we had this Catholic background, an upbringing. And so that was 
So there's a lot of unspoken things that we both understood right. that made it very easy. But And it's funny because if you ask me if I'm Catholic now, eh, not so much. You know, If you ask her, she'd say the same thing. But it's funny because we, there's, like, we kind of take in what works in Catholicism, what works for us, yeah. and use that and apply that. And then what doesn't, we don't use it, you know, which a lot of people call that not being Catholic. <laughs> but, you know, the reality is that as we've grown older and, you know, just experienced religion, we both have found, you know, the just the, the, the things that that religion tries to sell that just doesn't yeah. doesn't jive, you know? And we were recently, her and I were asked to speak at this Catholic teens retreat, sure. right? Because we were an example of like, of a couple who's been together for a long time and had kids in our faith and blah, blah. And we said, sure, we'll go speak, you know? Well, the woman who would have normally run this retreat We've been doing it for years, right? That woman got pregnant out of wedlock this year. And so she's no longer allowed to run that retreat. So basically the church kicked her out for having a kid with without being married. Yeah, yeah she couldn't be on birth control either. Right. But yet she's an excellent, excellent person with these kids. And like everyone loves her. She's great at these retreats and getting to these kids and all that stuff. And now these kids don't get to experience her because of this. But I, but the kids do get to experience the male priests who are molesting them. <laughs> yeah. And we found that out like the day before we went to the retreat. Because we were like, oh, isn't so-and-so running the retreat? They're like, no, they, they're not letting her do it because she's pregnant. And Because then she'll be a bad example for these kids. Because, of course, kids are going to be like, oh, if she's pregnant, why can't we get pregnant, right? That's, right. I'm sure that's what's well, going to happen. Of course, because that's the natural <laughs> that's thing that they would think. You know? So, the next day, we're at this retreat, right? And we were, we were there for like about an hour and a half or something, right? It wasn't like we were there the whole time. We are just there for a, a portion of it. And this part of the retreat happens when the kids have, have questions they want to ask their parents. Yeah. But, obviously, their parents aren't there. So then, like, literally this wall opens up and we're behind there. And then now we get to answer the questions that they have directed for their parents. Right, and right. we get to answer them. You know, we're so we're on stage with, like, you know, four or five other couples. And we all get to answer the way each of us would answer it. Yeah. And there was so many times that they asked something where I just wanted to be like, well, first of all, this religion is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it was interesting because, you know, I had a hold back a few times on certain things because I didn't want to make the religion wrong. But I said it in different ways, right? And we said it in different... Like, for example, some of the kids wanted to know, like, what if what if my parents found out I was gay? What would happen? You know? And so I told them, well, when I found out that my daughter was gay, it was like, oh, that's cool. Because it was like her cutting her hair. <laughs> oh, it looks nice. Cool. Right on. Right. And I said, now I, I understand other parents might be like, I'll never speak to you again. And I said, but my reality was different, right? So I, we gave them takes on, on our relationship and what we thought, whatever, which was way different than the way a lot of these people on stage were answering, yeah. right? And we didn't get into any specific things that the, that, that the Catholic religion is doing wrong, but we were very outspoken about letting kids know that, you know, it's okay to be themselves and do yeah. this and do that, right? So what was funny was the next day, my nephew comes up to me and he goes, you know, you guys are the talk of the town right now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? It's like, oh yeah. Like you and Laura are like the shit right now. Like everyone is talking about you. All my friends, everyone that was at the retreat, like, oh my God, you guys just like blew them away <laughs> with your answers. I'm like, what? Yeah. Cause you were honest and we were <laughs> frank and candid. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, if they only knew what I really wanted to say. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's been a crazy thing because, you know, we, we have raised our kids, not religious, uh, of course, I want to say we raise them religious because they didn't go to Catholic school when they were kids, but we tried to put them in Catholic school when they were in high school. And our boys loved it and our daughter hated it. 
so she ended up leaving. She went one year to, to Catholic school and then went to another school after a public school and she loved it. And even though our boys loved Catholic school, they loved everything about it, they didn't leave there being more religious, you know? Actually, Max, and I don't know if he still feels like this way, but he, he, he told me he wanted to be Buddhist at one point. And I was like, cool, awesome, you know? You know, I, I guess the takeaway for me is just that, you know, there's certain things that you can learn from any religion. And those are the things that I want to take away from my Catholic upbringing, like more spiritual things. Like, I don't really care about what the Bible said on page 20, you know, like, I don't care about that shit. It's more about like, you know, that you're a good person, that you're loving, that you're accepting, that you're, you know, have empathy, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, that to me, that's way more important than any of these specific things. Yeah. So it's funny because now, you know, in our family, we're... We're not the role models for for you Catholic. are now <laughs> for for Catholic. You're the talk of the town. <laughs> so you know it's funny how things happen, huh? That is amazing. Yeah, when people ask me what I am, I say born again pagan. <laughs> that's 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 what I am, born, born again, again pagan. <laughs> I literally used to have a button in high school that said born again pagan. <laughs> Fantastic. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, my friend, yep. this has been a pleasure. Hallelujah. Amen, brother. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <laughs> oh, man. Great seeing you, partner. You too, bro. See you. Peace. Ciao. Peace out. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode and share it with your friends on social. And if you haven't already done so, please be sure to press subscribe and follow us on IG at Not Real Artificial. We appreciate the support. Sourdough, out. Thank <laughs> you.